So I was the newly minted young minister. I know that's hard to believe today. It's a while ago. Very ambitious and building a new church and a school and opening a high school in the city. And we started a radio program in the morning and in the evening and on Sunday afternoons, a call-in TV show called Ask the Pastor. And I thought I was going to be the pastor of a megachurch. You know what I'm talking about, a megachurch? And there were models for this at that time and uh, several luminaries that we all followed after and emulated. And one was a man named Juan Carlos Ortiz, and he was in Buenos Aires, Argentina. And he had built a huge church and college and was on the radio and television and had tapes and uh, had uh, books out, and we all followed him, and he shocked everybody when he stepped down as senior pastor and took a job in a factory because he said he had grown so far away from the people he was called to minister to. And he wanted to live as they did and experience what they experienced and know the hardship and the heartache and the difficulty of a workaday world. And he did that for five or six years before he returned to senior pastor. I think some of our bishops could do something like that. And he wrote about this, and it was transformation. In the first reading this morning, we have from Kohelet. The old translation, our translation in the, in, in the lectionary calls this book Ecclesiastes, which comes from the Greek word for church, and so they translated this the preacher, but it's good the new translation goes back to Kohelet because the Hebrew word is meaning a crier like a town crier, someone who warns storms coming or invasions or famines. And so this is the town crier. And the town crier cries out, what profit comes to a man from all the toil and anxiety? So a new couple had started coming to the church. And they were very relaxed, it came casual. He used to, he'd wear jeans and a flannel shirt and he had these boots. I won't tell you what we called those boots in New York. But he wore boots to church. And Becky and I at the time, um, we, we, we only had a couple, of, a couple of three children at that time, so our house wasn't so scary. So we used to invite people over who were new to the church, we'd invite them for dinner. Later, our house got pretty scary, so we stopped doing that. But uh, when we just had the few kids, so we had them over for dinner. And at dinner, I said to him, Bill, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm in sales. I'm in sales. OK. Now, I was building a new church, and we had let, laid the concrete. And uh, this was in the fall I needed to finish before the snow came but I had to make a huge payment on the uh, construction loan. 
And uh, I remember sitting in my office looking out at this angry, stormy fall sky. I'll never forget that. I needed at least $348,000. But I really needed five hundred. And one day, he comes knocking at my door and says, uh, I just came to ask you, what do you need? And I thought to myself, I need well, I need $500,000. And I'm thinking, are you here to give me maybe 10%? That would be like a great beginning. And he said, well, my wife and I talked about it, and we, we thought, well, we can't give you the whole amount today, but I can give you half today and half in maybe three weeks. And he gave me a half a million dollars. And I found out that he was the heir of the fourth largest law book publishing company in North America. And I was over at his house, and they lived like, they lived like we live, just normal stuff, you know? car with mileage on it and stuff like that, you know, just actually the house looked a little worn out. And I said to him, you know, like, I couldn't help it. I said, Bill, you know, why don't you have, like, nice things, you know? And he said, oh, he said, we've had all that, the Mercedes and the boat and the exotic trips. And he said, you know what I found out? I said, what? He said, it all breaks. It all breaks. We're not value. Our value is not in the things we acquire, the stuff we get, or the money we bank. All of us, how many of us have, you know, how many of us haven't had this experience? What profit comes to a man from all the toil and anxiety? That work a day, you know, you put your heart and soul into a project and all you get back is criticism. And it's tough, that work a day world. You're, you're disappointed, you're discouraged. Even if you like the line of work you're in, you find that it's a grind and it just grinds you down and it disappoints and it discourages. And we sometimes wonder, where's the value in all of this? But our value is not in the paycheck, it's not in the stuff we acquire or the things we get, the stuff in our garage or on our lawn. If my value is going to be judged by my garage, I am in really deep trouble. Really deep trouble. You don't want to see my garage. It's not in the stuff that we have. In fact, St. Paul gives us uh, just where our value is. In the second reading this morning, just this phrase, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden. The true essential value, the eternal value of your life is hidden. It can't be measured it can't be weighed. It can't be valued by the things that you have or the paycheck you earn or the money that you bank. Your value is eternal. It is intrinsic. It is spiritual. It is hidden in Christ. 
God puts such a high value on your life. Your life is so valuable that there is virtually nothing in this sphere that can measure the value of your life. Your life is so valuable that the only value that could be exchanged for it was the life of the Son of God. God's own life. That's the only equal exchange for the value of your life. Your value is hidden with Christ in God. Listen to the gospel this morning. You'll remember this phrase. Listen carefully. This is what Jesus says to his followers. One's life does not consist of possessions. One's life does not consist of possessions. I thought I was going to be the pastor of a megachurch. <laughs> so funny now. Look at me, I'm a part-time parochial vicar doing side hustles with my wife's business. There's a passage in Proverbs, chapter 19, verse 21, it says, many are the plans a person has, but God's purposes prevail in the end. You are not valued by the stuff in your life. Your value, your eternal value, is hidden with Christ in God.